Welcome, lacrosse fans, to the Utah Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. In this episode, I had a conversation with head coach Drew McMinn as we wrapped up the 2022 season, went through the schedule, talked about all the different games, and then we hit on what the team can expect moving forward. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Coach. How are you? Good, good, Tim. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for joining me today. Wanted to catch up with you, you know, as the season came to a close a couple weekends ago. Uh, you know, just to give fans a, a kind of a recap of, of your inaugural season here as the head coach of Utah. As you look back, Coach, from the, the time you got here to today, what are some of the things that, that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, certainly felt like, you know, we, we accomplished a lot of things that we set out to this year. Of course, you know, as always, there, there's more that we could have, you know, been successful with. But, you know, as far as coming in and, you know, as a new staff, just really wanting to, you know, to continue to establish our identity and, you know, build the culture and, and get guys on page with exactly who we want to be as a program. And, of course, building off of who we've already been, you know, and, and before I got here. Um, and, and on that, you know, on that end of things, I mean, that was, you know, really what we felt was was the priority from day one. And, you know, just getting our, our on-field on identity established, the off-field identity established, and, you know, really couldn't have been happier with just the overall buy-in from the guys. So, um, of course, that stuff was at the foundation and, you know, then felt like, you know, on the field certainly had, you know, success throughout the year and, you know, felt like we, we played, you know, at a high level at times and, and, you know, played the brand of ball that we wanted to play. And, you know, obviously, you know, at the end came up short there being able to win the conference championship and move on. But, you know, as, as we told the guys, I mean, just a heck of a lot of pride, you know, and, and the success that we did have on and off the field throughout the season this year. Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, you're coming into a new environment, obviously you've been a, a head coach uh, for a long time before. So you had that familiarity. What looking back, is, is there anything that you change anything that maybe you do differently or, you know, just, just kind of continue on the, the way that it was or the way that it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's always, as you know, I mean, you know, with hindsight, you look back and, and realize there's things that you could do differently and, you know, spent a, <clears throat> a lot of time as a staff, just, you know, doing kind of our spot analysis on the year and, you know, getting this rehash, you know, what we did well and, and things that we could have done at a higher level. And um, again, certainly felt like there was a lot of things that, you know, we, we were confident with our approach and, and how things turned out, but, um, you know, different things that again, like always, you can kind of look back and say, hey, we could tweak this, we could change this up a little bit, you know, change our practice style a little bit. And, um, you know, different points in the season, just, you know, mix up our routine and things along those lines. So, you know, always, always things to kind of to look back and then think about how we can change to just improve in the future. But, um, you know, again, a lot of things that we, you know, we felt like we were doing at a, a high level, you know, with the way that we did do things throughout the year. Absolutely. And, and so as we transition to talk about sort of the individual schedule, I want to kind of just pick it apart by month, not necessarily uh, road trips, but, but that first game coach, it's, it's at Rice Eccles Stadium, um, you know, going up against uh, at the time Denver, who, you know, is, is a perennial powerhouse. Coach Nia obviously doing wonderful things, has done wonderful things at Denver. You know, we, we get into that game. It ends up being a, a one-goal loss. At that point, Coach, what, what was sort of the emotion? What was sort of the feelings? You know, obviously being your first game, being in the stadium, all of that. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of different elements, as you just mentioned, that came into play there. And, you know, just a ton of excitement, you know, and, and being honest, too, I mean, you know, we were completely blind going into that. I mean, we had not scrimmaged a division one opponent yet. 
um, you know, and, and certainly felt like, you know, we had a good foundation in the fall and, you know, we, we could evaluate ourselves based upon just the progress we were making internally. And then, you know, had our, our outside scrimmages, you know, Westminster and Colorado Mesa and obviously two respectable programs there, but, you know, there's a difference of going in and, you know, opening up the year at Denver. So, um, you know, we, we were, you know, kind of completely just, you know, blank slate going in, not having any expectations at all. And, um, you know, in the end certainly felt, you know, satisfied with the fact that we competed with the team that, that typically competes to be a top team in the country. But, you know, of course, you know, coming out short there, you know, coming up short, you know, just felt like there was just a little bit of disappointment. So a lot of it was just that realization of, hey, the work we've put in and what we're doing and the track that we're on is, you know, it's at least showing up in this game that, you know, we, we've made some good progress and, you know, we have a good foundation to start the season. But then it was, hey, you know, there's also that other end of it where, you know, finding a couple things that we could have done differently in that game here and there and it could have worked out in our favor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a one goal loss uh, your next two games, though, coach, a one goal win. And so, again, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, these these things that, you know, the ball bounces this way or that way, you know, potentially these are different outcomes. But you go to Burlington, Vermont, and you get the 11-10 the win, uh, you know, the northernmost program facing the westernmost program. Uh, a lot of travel in between there. You flew into JFK and then up to up to Ver, Vermont. Uh, getting the, the win there. And at that time, it was a big win. They were ranked, uh, you know, and, and uh, the, Ute, the Ute faithful were very excited for that win, Coach. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we felt like we played at a high level in that game. And, um, you know, that was, that was a crazy trip without question. I mean, you know, certainly a, a test to the guys. I mean, we push across all the time just to not focus on the outside factors and, you know, really concentrate on the 60 minutes that we have in front of us, regardless of the situation. And, you know, that, that tested that philosophy, you know, probably as much as it could have just because took a red eye, red eye on Thursday night and, uh, you know, got in on early Friday morning to JFK. I think we got in around 6 a.m., um, spent about four hours just laying on the floors of the airport and then, you know, had, had a plane to, had a small plane to take from, from JFK up to Burlington. And then, you know, once we got there, by the time we were practicing, it was, you know, 24 hours of travel straight. So went, went straight to a practice and got a night practice in at like 7.30 at night. And then I think by that point, the guys were pretty ready to, to just hit the beds. Um, you know, but all in all, just a, a pretty extensive trip with an out, a lot of outside circumstances. And, you know, we were so impressed as a staff just talking about the trip afterwards, just that, you know, we didn't hear a single, you know, single comment from the guys talking about it or, you know, letting it really weigh in. And again, just, you know, really, really crediting them just with that philosophy of just buying in and just, you know, not focusing on those outside circumstances. In hindsight, of course, you know, can look back and, you know, willing to admit now that there, there's definitely a lot of things that, you know, were, were obstacles and challenges on that trip. So sure. got our good performance and, you know, felt, felt like we beat a pretty good team there. And even though they, you know, they took their bumps after, after our game, I mean, they, you know, they rebounded and ended up being an NCAA tournament team again. So. Absolutely. And then you, you come home from that, you had the, the week off and then headed to Milwaukee, another tricky spot to get to from Salt Lake and, and end up beating Marquette 12 to 11. I don't want to gloss over that game, but, but after that, you then get on the spring break trip and you play Jacksonville yeah. and, you know, they were highly ranked at the time and, and beat them by six coach. That's a, that's quite a, quite the effort there. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we we felt like we played, you know, at as high of a level as we did pretty much all year in that game. Um, you know, really, really just, you know, challenged the guys. We knew Jacksonville was another team that, you know, likes to get up and down and push the transition game and, you know, just preach to the guys all week that that was going to be a fun game for us. And, you know, we were going to let them play their style and they were going to let us play ours. And, you know, just kind of say, hey, let's, you know, let's go up against a team that we know is, you know, having a successful start to their season and challenge them with our style of play and, you know, see if we can play at a little, a little higher level with it than they can. And, you know, again, credit to the guys, they, they found a way and really felt like we just, you know, established our identity of, of how we want to play, you know, as strongly as in that game as we had all year to that point. So. And then, uh, you know, you stay in Florida, you go to, you go to Disney or sorry, uh, Universal Studios, you kind of hang out as a team and then head up to play uh, UMBC on Friday, obviously coming, uh, you know, the, the retrievers got you in that one, 13 to 10, as you think about sort of the trip, about that game, what were some of the thoughts coming away from that? Yeah, the, the week, don't want to skip over that because it was an awesome week. I mean, got to spend a lot of time just as a team and, you know, heck of an opportunity to be able to take them to <clears throat> Universal Studios and, you know, give them that experience and, you know, stayed at a resort down there in Florida. So, you know, really a week where we felt like we, uh, you know, we had a lot of time to bond and just grow as a team and, and within, you know, with the relationship specifically. Um, you know, and then just got to really have a, a pretty awesome experience there throughout the week. So maybe too awesome, which went into to UMBC a little bit there, but, um, you know, went, went into that game and, you know, credit to them. I mean, you know, they, they played a very good game and, you know, their, uh, their, their advantage at, at their home field there certainly showed throughout the year with, with the wins that they did end up having, but, you know, we, we went in with the game plan and, and felt like, you know, they did a good job of kind of countering, you know, what our, what our plan was going in and, you know, specifically felt like we could get away with, you know, not sliding too heavy to their personnel. And at times, you know, again, their, their guys stepped up and, you know, made plays, and, you know, certainly don't want to take away, you know, the, the things that we could have, have improved upon and played at a higher level, but also same, you know, in the same token, just credit them for, for playing a pretty high level game again. Absolutely, you know, and then and then you come home from that game, you end up going back basically the same area to, to Washington, D.C. And, and to face a tough, tough opponent in Georgetown, uh, you know, taking uh, taking into account, you, you know, the UMBC loss and that loss. Uh, talk talk about the Georgetown game. You know, I, I remember talking to Coach McDermott after and he goes, Tim, they're just a phenomenal team, you know. And, and so what were some of the thoughts that, that uh, stemmed around that game? Yeah, I mean, we came away extremely impressed just with, you know, their ability, you know, pretty much everywhere. I mean, no matter what position you look at for them, if you're looking in the cage, looking in the offensive end with their attack unit, their midfield unit, I mean, two All-American defensemen, you know, All-American shortstick D-Mitty, first-team All-American goalie. You know, so with them in Maryland, I mean, we felt like those were the top two teams in the country. You know, I think everybody felt that way. Obviously, you know, Georgetown ended up getting upset by Delaware, which not many people saw coming, but um, you know, felt like they were just competing as a top team in the country. And you know, on any given day, I mean, a big thing we preach to the guys at all times. I mean, that's why we don't want to get caught up in the opponent or the situation. I mean, Division One is an exciting landscape right now where anyone can beat anyone. And, you know, even when those teams, you know, find ways to separate themselves at the top, they're, you know, there's still days where they're vulnerable and they get knocked off. So, um, you know, again, felt like they were one of the top teams in the country. But, you know, for us, I mean, we, we didn't have a very good day shooting. I mean, 
you know, started out in kind of a little bit more of a slow pace game, which was their style and, you know, pretty low scoring throughout the first and midway through the second quarter. And then, you know, they got a couple quick ones right before half, which, you know, which kind of created the, the separation. And then, you know, the second half, we just played a lot of catch up and, you know, that's a team that's, it's pretty difficult to play catch up against them. So once we got ourselves behind, you know, just started kind of getting away from what we wanted to do and not necessarily taking the shots we wanted to take. And, you know, again, when you, when you're not playing it the way that you're capable of against a team like that, the scoreboard can separate the way that it did. Yeah. And then, you know, you come back uh, home after several weeks on the road and, and face Mercer getting a, a 23 to nine win. Then, uh, you know, the, the ASUN play started, started that the week after that going to air force, which is a, a great opponent, you know, someone that Utah fans, know well just with our affiliation with in the WAC and the Mountain West conferences, you know, the Air Force logo on a Utah schedule is not unheard of. Uh, picking up the, the Big Ten eight win there. And then, you know, you go Cleveland State 15-11 win. Uh, and, and then let's talk about the Robert Morris game, right? Obviously, you coached there for several years, uh, you know, to have some of your players, your family was there. Talk about uh, that game and, and the 18-8 win. Yeah, I mean, certainly tried to just do our best as again, we challenged the guys to do to just stay the course and, you know, not not have the outside factor, you know, weigh in. And it's kind of funny, our captains came to us on Thursday. I think I'm going to mention this to you before, Tim, but, you know, they after we had put our scouting report in and everything and had our approach for the week, the captains in our meeting they're you know, they brought up and they're like, coach, are you going to uh, are you going to say anything about this being Robert Morris <laughs> you know, kind of wondered because I think they're all expecting us to, and we just didn't really make a point of it again. And cause you know, we really talk about just how there's outside factors in the, in the every game. And we want to focus on the things that are consistent and, you know, not get caught up with those inconsistencies. So, you know, from our standpoint as a staff really just tried to stay the course and make sure that we were, you know, we were practicing what we preach there and, I kind of made a joke of it the next day with the team. And we we're like, guys, the captains don't want us to bring up. Not sure if you know, but as I like coach Doyle and I, we uh, we used to coach at, at Robert Morris. And as like, I think used to be a pretty average player for them as well. So, um, you know, it just kind of shed some light onto the situation and, you know, joked with the guys about it. But yeah, we, we did our best to just go in and treat it like every other game. And, you know, for me, definitely a different experience to have guys, you know, across the field that, you know, that you have positive feelings towards. I'm not used to that. <laughs> sure. But, you, know, it, uh, you know, it was a game where we just tried to stay the course and, you know, focus on the game plan execution. And, you know, obviously just more so focus on the, the relationships that I have with those guys after after the final whistle blew. So, um, you know, did our best to, to focus on the game plan. And that was another, you know, another week, I'd say, along with Jacksonville. I mean, two games we referenced, Mercer as well. Um, you know, where we said we just really played, you know, as close to the style and brand of ball that we want to play, you know, in those three outings, especially. Absolutely. After that game, you go and get the 12-11 win over Bellarmine and then a 16-9 win to close out the season over Detroit Mercy to, to finish 5-0 and in the ASUN, uh, which obviously set up the ASUN championship in in Huntsville, Alabama, coach, tell us about Huntsville, Alabama, not necessarily a, a lacrosse hotbed, but what were your impressions while you were there? Yeah, we, um, I mean, I think the, the main scenery that we really got to take in was basically our hotel and the field and, and not too much in between. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, a pretty, you know, pretty distant location, obviously for, for everyone. And, 
um, a little bit remote. I, I don't think we'll end up going back there. It was just decided upon to have a neutral site. And, um, you know, the, the conference, the ASUN conference had run other championships there for other sports for their, I know for track and field. And, and I believe a couple others as well. So that was where the, uh, you know, the location kind of came about and, you know, it was voted on to either have, you know, a host site or a neutral. And um, with that being the only neutral option, that's where we ended up. So. Yeah, remote location, but I, I think that's the it's a one and done deal there. I don't think we're going to end up back there. Sure, and and as you get into the games, you're you're taking on Bellarmine, who again you you would beat just a couple of weeks before. Uh, you know the game progresses, and and you find yourself in overtime. What's what's your overtime strategy, coach? You know some people like to if they win the faceoff, they call a timeout, which I personally don't love. But you know what's your overtime strategy, and then you know talk about talk us through sort of those uh, that final goal by Hyde. Yeah. So, you know, for us, same, same as what you just mentioned, Tim, I mean, I've always been a believer. I mean, our, our approach overall is to give our guys a lot of freedom and creativity. So, you know, in, in those situations, I mean, especially, you know, first and foremost, we let the guys know if we have a number advantage, we're going, you know, we're foot on the gas out, right out of that face off. So, um, you know, and then, then we're going to look to see if we can kind of catch them in a little bit of a scramble situation beyond that. And then, you know, depending on where we're at, you know, at, at times you might take a time out if we feel like, hey, now we, now we you know, can shift gears a little bit towards this and something else. Um, you know, but a couple back and forth possessions there. I mean, definitely a, a wild and kind of heart pounding over time. Um, you know, you always, you always know just with the, the sudden victory situation that it just takes one second for, for it to go in one direction or the other. So, uh, but yeah, a couple possessions back and forth and, you know, we, uh, we ended up just, you know, with getting the ball to Jordan. I mean, ended up having one of our fall down dodges that we had that weekend that certainly were not not planned. <laughs> but, you know, it ironically worked out in the way we had had kind of like an opening play that we had going in against them. Um, you know, and they, they would double to the midfielder kind of from the back, the backside of Jason. And, and, you know, when we fell down on our dodge, that was what took place. And then, you know, the ball movement kind of beat their rotation to the backside and we got it to Jordan and, you know, again, when Jordan gets his hands free, pretty good chance that ball ends up in the back of the net. So, um, you know, the credit to them, I mean, you know, again, kind of broken play there and, and just found a way to make it happen. Absolutely. You know, very exciting game. Then you, you go on after the Bellarmine victory and, and you then play uh, Robert Morris, obviously, again, with, with the ties in that championship game, walk us through, you know, the, the, that game and, and sort of the back and forth and then ultimately that overtime period. Yeah. I mean, a, a game of runs and, you know, that was something that we expected. We actually had that on the scout the first time around and, you know, and going into the, the championship game there. I mean, just with their style of play and ours being very up-tempo, you know, we, we expected runs to go back and forth and you know, also put on there that we really wanted to emphasize just doing whatever we could to get a big jump off the bat because you know, we had that six months the first game and you ended up having I think you know a 6-2 start again in, in the championship game there so um, you know started out with the run going in our favor and then just went back and forth I mean 10-9 at halftime have hard to have a, a more exciting first half of a championship than, than a 10-9 game in my opinion so um, you know again just the runs as we expected and then in the second half um, you know felt like you know as the game went back and forth as, as we were down going into the fourth quarter you know, we were able to kind of reference back to the Bellarmine game, obviously only being 48 hours before and, 
you know, said, hey, we are in this situation. We already kind of had a rehearsal of, of exactly how we need to be. And let's go out there and just, you know, do what we can to, you know, to execute at the same level. And, you know, started out that fourth quarter with a bang and, you know, hit three in a row to, to end up taking the two-goal lead. And, you know, quite honestly, Tim, I mean, I think we all felt confident, you know, on the field and on the sidelines just that, you know, we, we were, you know, pretty secure with our lead and we were going to be able to keep doing what we wanted to do because the execution just started off on the right foot that quarter. And then, you know, up by two with just a couple of minutes left and, you know, we go two men, you know, a man down, you know, and then they scored uh, to pull within one. And then, you know, with 45 seconds left in a play that we felt like we could potentially get the ball back, you know, we get penalized again and go man down a second time. And, you know, they scored to tie the game up on another man up opportunity there. So, um, you know, just didn't find a way to, to do what we needed to do down the stretch there on both ends of the field to, to ice the game. And then, you know, getting into overtime, you know, again, just kind of tried to fall back on just having that confidence of just going through it. But, um, you know, credit to Robert Morris, you know, they, they ended up finding a way. I mean, got the timeout there after we had a scramble where we got the ball back and, um, you know, out of their timeout ended up, you know, after another broken play, found a way to score as it often ends up in overtime. You can script as much as you want, but broken plays typically end up being the way those games end. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, a really hard fought game and credit to them, but, you know, certainly do, I think, as as players and as a staff that we could have been a little bit better just with our execution down the stretch in order to find a way to advance. Absolutely. And, and obviously a, a proud season ending at with the 10 and 4 mark, the best season that uh, Utah's had at the D1 level. And and just exciting as fans to to watch this team progress and and to see what the future holds. What what does the future hold, Coach? Right. I, I you know, I'm gonna ask you to, to look into the crystal ball a little bit. You know, you've obviously got the short term with a busy summer of recruiting, finding those next guys who, who want to be youths who fit into the system. But, you know, can you, can you give us a schedule preview for next year? I know the, I know I'll start getting emails pretty soon here from a couple of the, the rowdy fans that, uh, you know, that want to know, but what, uh, you know, what, where do you go from here? Yeah. I mean, overall with, you know, the, the schedule piece, I mean, a couple of teams that will definitely have returning. We're, we're still trying to figure out what the A-Sun conference is, whether we're not, whether or not we're going to go with the seven game slate or a nine game slate, because with the additions, there's now going to be 10 teams in the A-Sun. Um, so a lot of it's kind of figuring out that piece first, because that determines how many out of conference games we can then schedule. But um, Vermont is returning. They're coming back to us this year. Uh, we'll be at Denver again. Um, so they're both on the schedule. Marquette will be coming back to us for a home game. Um, Brian will be coming in for a home game. So, um, you know, right now we're looking at, I mean, I think the, the best news we have is that, you know, I think we're going to have at least a 50, 50 split of home games, um, with getting seven or eight, you know, here in Utah, which, which we're extremely excited about, but, um, you know, we still have some flexibility with a couple spots left. And again, depending on how many we end up playing in the A-Sun will give us, you know, a little bit more room, um, potentially just out, add out a conference. But, you know, our, our two scheduling goals, I mean, every year, you know, doing this through the years, I mean, number one is, is play, you know, the toughest competition we can out of conference. And that's obviously always a little bit of a guessing game going into each year, but can go off the previous year to try to determine that. And, and number two is to try to prioritize a home schedule. So, um, you know, I think we'll end up getting a pretty competitive schedule when it's all said and done. And again, you know, excited to have more than 50% potentially at home. That's exciting, Coach. You know, I, I know that uh, we definitely have a, a great home field advantage, whether it's at Rice Eccles or, or Ute Field. 
um, you know, super excited to see what that entails when it comes out. And like you said, three new members, Mercer, Lindenwood and, and Jacksonville joining the ASUN and is Queens yeah, official? Yeah. Queens is now official as well. So that will put us at 10. That's right. So a great little, great little conference there. Uh, coach, do you think, do you think we see a time where there's like an East and a West division? Yeah, that's what they're talking about now is the potential of doing a divisional split. Um, you know, and again, the A-Sun's just been tremendous. I mean, their their goal, the commissioner, Ted Gumbard, he's done it with other sports. I mean, his, his primary goal is to eliminate independence and, you know, and some of the, you know, the non-revenue sports. And, you know, this is, this I said to so many people throughout this year, but I don't think many people realize that it was the first year in Division One where there weren't a, there wasn't a single independent team, so. Right. Um, you know, he's he's helping the game grow and, you know, he's he's very, you know, outside of the box of his thinking and, and trying to grow the game. And, you know, if we get up to 12, we can split into two conferences because now the NEC is is essentially done moving forward. So uh, there's some leftovers with teams there, but, you know, he's innovative and, and just, you know, has it first and foremost in mind to grow the game and provide a home for, you know, for any team that, you know, even even start up programs. Um, you know, it's an exciting conference to be a part of, and, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of growth with it in different directions as we move forward. But, you know, for, for us, I think for the guys this year, I mean, in year one, you know, of having, having a conference, I think there's actually just, you know, some mystery and question marks of, Hey, where will we be? You know, how are we going to compete within this conference? And I think there was certainly just a, an assurance of coming out of the regular season at five and zero and knocking off each team, and with Jacksonville coming in, obviously we we're successful against them and Mercer as well. So, um, you know, for for looking into the future to kind of get back to that question, Tim. I mean, you know, we we really feel like the sky's the limit. I mean, I think our guys, you know, they're disappointed to, to not wrap up the conference championship this year and then get to compete in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, our, our goal moving forward each year will remain the same, that we want to get get to the dance and compete for a national championship. So um, that starts with, with getting through the conference and then finding a way to, to come out there and then, you know, doing everything that we can to, to keep playing until Memorial Day weekend after that. But, you know, the the previous staff with Coach Holman, I mean, we have, we have such a great foundation, to, you know, that we came into this year and, um, you know, just a great group of guys that, that we feel like, you know, we can be successful with immediately. And again, we, we smelled a little bit of that this year, but we're certainly excited to get right back at it coming into next year and really keep pushing what we're capable of. I love it, Coach. Thanks, thanks again for spending the time to, today on the, the Utah Lacrosse podcast to talk about the, the 2022 season and, and kind of wrap it up. And, you know, I think as Utah fans, we're all looking forward to the future and uh, we'll, we'll be there with you and, uh, we'll see you on the sidelines. Awesome. Thanks, Tim.